The following message is from Pastor Peter Cho of Emmanuel Community Church. More information about the ministry of Emmanuel Community Church can be found at emmanuelcommunity.org. What does it mean to trust in the Lord? And since we have the children and with the youth with us today, I want to relate it to something that I hope everyone can understand, and that is uh, bicycling or biking. Who, who here knows how to ride a bicycle? All right. So we, we, I think almost everyone in this room has ridden a bicycle. I want to start by showing a little video that I made about 13 years ago back in 2010 when my kids were really young. And at that time, my son, Timothy, was five years old, and I was trying to teach him how to ride a bicycle. And so we did a little biking trip, and I want to share that with you. All right. So I didn't get permission from Sayla to show that, so I hope she's not really mad at me. <laughs> so uh, yeah, there's some fun memories of uh, teaching the kids, our kids, how to ride bicycles. And um, you know, when I think about bicycles, and um, I think about Proverbs three, five, and six. Does anyone remember Proverbs three, five, and six? Pretty famous verse. Probably the most famous proverb. It says, trust in the Lord. You flash it up with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. And um, I think about biking uh, because we, were, we used to bike all the time as a family. When we lived in a townhome in Palatine, we were right next to this forest preserve. that had these amazing bike trails. This is a picture of us. We actually signed up to do this, um, this uh, to raise money for refugees. And so we did this biking thing as a family. And, and um, these verses would actually really come to life to me, when, not when I was a child trying to learn how to bike, but when I was trying to teach my children how to bike. Um, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, I think, is really on full display, uh, learning how to ride a bike. Because, um, you know, the truth is oftentimes, you know, the children, they have a hard time. Right? They don't trust you. It's scary. They want to learn on their own and lean on their own understanding. And when they do that, right, oftentimes what happens? Any parents here been through that? Right? They go anywhere but straight. Right? <laughs> All kinds of directions, oftentimes on the ground. But the Bible says in Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And what does it mean to trust in the Lord with all your heart? I believe trusting in the Lord with all my heart means I trust his heart for me. Trusting in the Lord with all my heart means I trust God's heart for me. What does that mean? It means I believe that he truly loves me even when I don't love myself. And that happens a lot for me sometimes. I, I get down on myself when I mess up, when I feel like I've sinned, when I keep doing what I don't want to do. I have a hard time loving myself. But trusting in the Lord with all your heart means I believe he loves me even when I don't love myself. It means I believe he wants the best for me, even if I don't know what that is. It means I believe he's always working for my good, even when things look bad, right? We're going, as adults, we're going through the Job series right now, and things look really bad for Job. But trusting the Lord with all your heart means I always believe he's working for my good, even when things look bad. And trusting in God with all my heart means I believe God is for me. He's for me. He's on my side. He's not against me. And so the only way to trust God with all your heart is to fully trust in his heart for you. The only way you can trust God with all your heart is to fully trust in his heart for you. 
Uh, what's going on back there? Noah, what, what are you doing? Who, who let you bring that in here? <laughs> All right. All right, come on up, Noah. <laughs> Do you have a kickstand? All right, put your kickstand down. I'm going to interview Noah because he learned how to ride a bike how many years ago? You don't know? Carol, do you know? When he was six. How old are you now, Noah? Eight, so like two years ago. Okay, so can we interview you? Because you just, you learned how to ride a bike not too long ago, right? Can I ask you, how did you learn how to ride a bike? Who taught you? My sister. Your sister? Which sister? Both sisters? Both. Both. Okay. Elise and Natalie taught you how to ride a bike. How did they teach you how to ride a bike? They just said pedal. I like it. Direct and to the point. Pedal. Did they take you to like a grassy field or a hill or did they just take you to like a busy street? Mm, they just took me into the sidewalk. The sidewalk by your house? Okay. Did you fall down? You know. Was it scary? No. No? It wasn't. It was really easy for you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We didn't re- rehearse this at all. So I'm sure you can't tell, but it, it was not scary at all. It was easy. And all she said is pedal and you got it. I'm sorry? I learned in the street. You learned on the street. Okay. Okay. Um... I got a question for you. Um, would you want someone to teach you how to ride a bike if they didn't like you, if they, if they didn't like you at all? Would you want them to teach you? No. Why not? I don't know. <laughs> you don't know? They don't like me. Yeah. Why? Because they might not do a good job of teaching you how to ride? Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So um, <laughs> you want to ride back out? All right. Let's thank Noah. We'll just cut that section from the stream. It's fine. <laughs> All right, so um, I'll try to explain why I did that in a second. But <laughs> the only way to trust God with all your heart is to fully trust in his heart for you. And, I, you know, um, Noah, I think, he got, I, I think he got biking really quickly, obviously, right? It, all it took is one of his sisters to say, pedal, and he was good. Most of us probably don't learn how to ride. A bike that way. I know it was a lot harder for me. So when I was a child, I remember um, my dad took me out to this grassy hill, right? Have anyone ever done this? The grassy hill thing to learn about a ride a bike, right? And then you just kind of, you don't have to pedal, right? You can get momentum just going down the hill and you're on the grass because if you fall, it's not too bad, right? And so my dad would take me to grassy hill and he would just let, let me go and then I would just learn how to balance based on the momentum from that hill. And if I fell, not a big deal. And that's how I learned. And then you you begin to learn that you have to pedal, right, to keep your balance. Because once you start slowing down, especially if you come to a stop, you're going to fall, right? And so it's not the most intuitive thing, right? It's not, it's very unlike walking. You can stop any time and you're perfectly fine. It's probably the best thing to do, to be stable. But in a bike, you have to be moving. You have to be pedaling. And you have to trust when you're learning. You have to trust that. I think Noah trusted his sisters. Um, but you have to trust the person behind you, even though you can't see them, right, that they're going to catch you if you fall. 
And so I think biking is so much like trusting God with all your heart because you have to be forced to lean not on your own understanding, right? Lean not on your own understanding. Is that you're not going to rely on your own reasoning, your own knowledge. Um, When you make a decision, you're going to trust God's word and you're going to trust God's way. Because you believe that God is wiser, you believe that he's more trustworthy than your own instincts, than your own intellect, you're going to trust God and you're not going to lean on your own understanding. And this means I believe that his word, the Bible, is trustworthy and that he can make sense of things that don't make sense to me. And it means I'm not going to trust my own logic and my own thinking and my own reasoning more than what God says. Proverbs 14, 12 says there's a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death, it leads to destruction. And so we're not to lean on our understanding. We're supposed to trust in the wisdom and the ways of God. And that's why he's given us his word. You know, um, when I was, when Selah was first learning how to ride a bike, uh, I remember I bought this bike like at, I think it was Target or Walmart. Got it, a nice deal on it. I took it home and I started to assemble it. I think you all know how much Pastor Steve hates assembling things. (laughs) Me too. I hate assembling things. And so I was working on this bike. It's coming along nicely. I got to the last part. It's the pedal. And I'm getting ready to screw the pedal onto the metal piece, you know, that's attached to the chain. And it's just not going in. It is just not working. And I'm trying to get it perfectly in there just so it'll line up with, you know, the grooves and nothing. I literally spent like an hour trying to figure out why this pedal I could not screw it in. And then I was finally at the point where I was so angry. I was like, I cannot believe I'm going to have to take this back to Walmart and tell them that they have a faulty pedal that won't screw in. And yet, um, I think it was my wife who said, why don't you just read the manual? <laughs> and so I was like, all right, before I turn it, return it, I'm going to read the manual. I don't need a manual. It's just a kid's bike. Finally, I opened up the manual. Guess what? You're supposed to screw it in counterclockwise. Did you guys know this? The left pedal, you screw on counterclockwise. Does that make any sense to you? It has something to do with mechanical engineering and physics. I don't really understand it. But if, but if they did it the other way, your pedal would fall off because of the way that you pedal in a certain direction. And so just your left pedal, you're supposed to screw in counter. And so nothing else in my life have I ever experienced screwing something in counterclockwise. And yet here... And so that's why I was so frustrated. And yet, here it was in this little manual. If I just looked at it earlier, if if I had not leaned on my own understanding, if I just looked at the manual and trusted the the manufacturer of this bike, I I would not have experienced all of that heartache and that waste of time. And yet, I think that's really how we are to approach even God's word. God has given us a manual for life. It's living and it's active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It teaches us not just how to live, but how to experience life, fullness of life to the one who is life. And how often do we just beat our heads against the wall, so frustrated with with everything that we experience because we fail to really go to the one who knows us, who made the manual, who's given it to us in his wisdom. Instead, we lean on our own understanding. You know, I think a great example of someone who did not follow Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is Adam and Eve. They did not trust God with all their heart. They did not believe that God really loved them. They actually believed God was withholding things from them. And they convinced themselves that they knew better than God. And not only that, they thought, if I eat this fruit, 
that he told me, that God told me not to eat, then I'm actually going to become even wiser than God. And how did that all work out? Not so good, right? They did not trust the Lord or his heart for them. They did not believe his words or his wisdom. They leaned on their own understanding and they did not submit all their ways to him. In fact, they totally disobeyed him and they followed their own desires. And that's where I come to the third part. It says, in all your ways, submit to him. In all your ways, submit to him. You know, I, when I memorized this verse as a, as, a, as a child, it was, in all your ways, acknowledge him, right? Is anyone familiar with that? Acknowledge him. But I, I like this word, submit to him. It's actually, acknowledge is not a strong enough word. And the way the NIV, NIV translates is submit, which means to willingly and actively bring our lives under the leadership and the direction and the control of Jesus. I'm going to submit my will to his will. And so to follow Jesus means to do whatever he asks us to do to go wherever he asks us to go, wherever he leads us, to obey his commands, which means to, to love him and to love others. And so, you know, I think um, this is why Jesus says, your will be done, not my will. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are called to surrender our will, submit, and to give control to Jesus. And that's how we experience The fullness of life that comes with walking with him. You know, um, we live about, I live in Glenview with my family, and we live, it's about 10 miles from here. And, uh, you know, my boys, are, when they started getting their driver's license, I didn't want to buy another car. And so, uh, like three years ago, uh, Pastor Lester bought an e-bike, and I was like, wow, this is really cool. And he brought it to church, and it was, it was nice. And I was like, I want an e-bike. And so I got an e-bike because I didn't want to buy another car. I was like, I will bike to church. So my kids will have cars when they come home for the summer, you know, and they can go to their jobs. And so I bought this e-bike. Um, it's, um, it's called One Ride Up. And because um, I remember biking to church on a regular bike, it was like 10 miles. Um, it took me almost an hour. And I, I kid you not, the first time I biked to church, I started getting attacked by these red-winged blackbirds. You guys ever get attacked by these red? It started like picking on my head. I don't know if that was God's way of saying, like, wear a helmet, <laughs> dum-dum. But I literally was getting attacked by black, red-winged blackbirds. And then there was all these puddles through the forest preserve that I was cutting through. And I got there. I finally got to church. An hour later, I was all sweaty and drenched. And I was like, and then I told my wife, Kim, can you pick me up? <laughs> I cannot bike back home tonight. <laughs> so I got an e-bike. And so this e-bike, I don't know. Have you guys ever tried an e-bike? This is like the Tesla of bicycles. <laughs> It's amazing. It has this pedal assist where you just like put in your number and up one through five and it will assist you in pedaling. And so even when you go up hills, it feels like you're going downhill. It even has this, um, yeah. And so anyways, uh, I got this e-bike and a few weeks ago, one of the guys at our church, Young, who's an avid cyclist, he invited a, a bunch of guys, hey, do you want to go biking on the North Branch Trail? Okay, which is near my house. And... Um, yeah, so, so a few of us uh, ended up going uh, and biking. And um, I felt kind of bad because I was the only one with an e-bike. <laughs> Everyone else had, like, janky bikes, I mean, except Young. Young had a really nice bike. <laughs> and, um, in fact, one of the bikes was so bad, I'm not going to name the name. It was so bad that um, we were told to bring bike locks, and then one of the, one of the guys said, my wife told me I, I don't need a bike lock. No one's going to steal this bike. And so this guy, he brought this bike, one of these guys in this picture, 
And I was riding behind him, and we're riding. This is like 10 miles, okay? And this, our goal was to get to this restaurant. Um, Charlie, what was it called? Vine yeah, for burgers. That was our reward for biking 10 miles is we're going to eat burgers. And so we bike, and we get, um, as we're biking, um, I could hear the guy in front of me, and his, his bike's making a sound. It's like, literally the whole time. And we're like eight miles into this. We're almost at the restaurant, and we pull over, and we're like, what is wrong with your bike? And we realized the brakes were like, this bike was so old. This is the bike that no one would steal, right? It was so old, it had like crusted in, and it like actually was creating friction, even though he wasn't pressing his brakes. And the whole time, it was like, it's because the brake was being applied to his bike. And he got off the bike, and this guy was sweating like crazy. <laughs> like crazy. I mean, he was just drenched. And we were all like, oh, my gosh. Like, how did you bite eight miles with your brakes on? <laughs> you know? He's like, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm all right. <laughs> and so I was like, do you want to ride my e-bike? He's like, no, it's okay. It's all right. So we bike, and Young fortunately was able to fix his bike and at least get it so it wasn't breaking. And we actually disassembled his rear brake because he only had one brake. And that was better than riding with a brake on all times. And so anyways, we get there, and we have this nice meal. Um, and then we ride back. And, you know, most of us are not like Young. We, this is like the first time we've been biking since we were like 12 years old, okay? <laughs> and so it was hard, Right. Um, except for me, because I had an e-bike. <laughs> and anytime we got to a hill, um, I told these guys, like, guys, I'm not going to use my battery. I'm just going to bike with you. But I'm going to confess. There were a few times when we got to the hills, I just, I just pressed the button a little bit. <laughs> There's a little toggle button right there. If you, if you just press, you don't even have to pedal. Literally, the bike will just move for you. And all I got to do is press my thumb like this. <laughs> so nobody could tell, because it's really quiet. It's a battery. And so I was like, I'm, I'm right here with you guys, suffering with you. And, I, and my, my thumb was doing this. And it was awesome. I had so much fun. Me and Young had so much fun. Um, the other guys, not so much, especially the one with the constant breaks. And so I, I, I share all this because it's a great story. But also because um, I think this is what it looks like when we surrender our will to Christ is Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. We talk about this all the time here. Become one with me. And um, my, your burden will be easy. It will be light. And I think when we are able to trust his heart for us, lean not on our own understanding, and uh, become one with him, and trust that, just surrender our will to his will, to his plan, his purpose, then it's kind of like riding an e-bike. <laughs> it's like... I got the power of the Holy Spirit right here. All I got to do is press this little button. I'm good to go. Right? And so that is, that is what God is inviting us to when we trust in him. Surrender your will to my will. Trust me. And your burden will be easy. Your yoke will be light. And lastly, I want to close with this. And it says, he will make your path straight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. This doesn't mean that God's going to make everything easy for you. I know I used the battery and the e-bike example. Um, there will be times when this will really serve you well, and God will give you the strength you need. It doesn't mean that everything will be easy, and that you have no more problems in life. It does mean that when we trust in God and submit to him, he will show us the way that we are to go. And he will give us the strength to get there. 
And he will give us a clear purpose and direction in life that we cannot find anywhere else. And it means that when we follow God's way, he will make a way, no matter what we face in life. You know, one of the best things about having a straight path is that you can see much further ahead of you than when you're on a crooked path or a windy road, right? And so when God says he's going to make our path straight when we trust him, he's not saying it'll be easy. He's saying you're going to be able to see where you're going. The destination will be clear. And you can keep your eyes on me. Because your ultimate destination is not really even a place. It's a person. It's Jesus himself. And the promise is that when we trust God's heart for us, when we lean on his wisdom and guidance and follow him, he will get us exactly where we need to go. And what do we need more than Jesus himself? And I think Jesus is the perfect example of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. He showed us what this looks like his whole life, but we see it especially before he dies, when God asks him to do something very hard. And as I read this, this passage in Matthew 26 in the Garden of Gethsemane, I want you to look for the ways that Jesus trusted God the Father. And he did not lean on his own understanding and submitted all his ways to him. Matthew 26, verse 36 to 44 says, Then Jesus went with his disciples to to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed in sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and he found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour, he asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And he went away a second time and he prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. And when he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. I think here we see such a beautiful picture of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 in full display through the Son of God in probably the most difficult moment in his life. He trusts God. He says, He tells his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. He says, my father. He knows the love of the father. He trusts the father. He communicates with his Abba father. He trusts with all his heart because he trusts the heart of God. And then he says, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He says, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And this is his emotionally, physically, Everything within him is crying out, lean on my own understanding. This is what I feel. This is my reality right now. But instead, he does not. Even in his distress, in his depression, in his brokenness, he trusts God. He trusts God's mission for him. He trusts his word. He trusts his way. And lastly, he he submits. He says what? He says, yet not as I will but as you will. And then lastly, he says, may your will be done. May your will be done. 
Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. All your ways submit to him, and he, he will make your path straight. I want to close with one last story. Just read from, um, I, I've read this before, I think many years ago. It's one of my favorites. It's from a book by Tim Hansel called Holy Sweat, and it comes from a chapter called The Road of Life. And I want to read it again because it captures so well Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, but through the picture of riding a bicycle. And so let me close in reading this for you. The Road of Life by Tim Hansel. It says, at first I saw God as my observer. I saw him as my judge, keeping track of the things I did wrong so as to know whether I merit heaven or hell when I die. He was out there sort of like a president. I recognized his picture when I saw it, but I didn't really know him. But later on, when I met Christ, it seemed as though life were rather like a bike ride, but it was a tandem bike. And I noticed that Christ was in the back helping me pedal. I don't know just when it was when he suggested we change places, but life has not been the same since. When I had control, I knew the way. It was rather boring, but predictable. It was the shortest distance between two points. But when he took the lead, he knew delightful long cuts up mountains and through rocky places at breakneck speeds, and it was all I could do to hang on. Even though it looked like madness, he said, pedal. I worried and was anxious and asked, where are you taking me? He laughed and he didn't answer and I started to learn to trust. I forgot my boring life and entered into the adventure. And when I'd say, I'm scared, he would lean back and he would touch my hand. He took me to people with gifts that I needed Gifts of healing, acceptance, and joy. They gave me gifts to take on my journey, my Lord's and mine. And we were off again. He said, give the gifts away. They're extra baggage. Too much weight. So I did to the people we met, and I found that in giving I received, and still our burden was light. I did not trust him at first to take control of my life. I thought, I thought he would wreck it. But he knows bike secrets. He knows how to make it bend to take sharp corners. He knows how to jump to clear high rocks. He knows how to fly to shorten scary passages. And I'm learning. I'm learning to shut up and pedal in the strangest places. I'm beginning to enjoy the view and the cool breeze in my face and my delightful constant companion, Jesus Christ. And when I'm sure I cannot do any more, he just smiles. And he says, pedal. You know, I, I actually didn't ask Noah to say anything. We didn't practice, like I said. And so it's kind of ironic that he said, that's how we learn how to ride a bike. Just pedal. And I think that's a word from the Lord. It is hard. It is hard to fully trust in God when we rely on our own wisdom when we insist on our own way, but God invites us into an exciting journey with him under uh, his purpose, under his control, which can only come when we trust his heart, when we trust his wisdom, and we submit to his will. I know a lot of time has passed already, and I just thank you for being patient.
Well, I don't want this moment to pass. Because God can speak to us in so many ways. And his voice is always there if we, if we would just turn our ear to him and listen. That even something so mundane as, as biking and bicycling, we can learn great truths about the gospel. Um, that God can reveal to us something so wonderful about the nature of his love for us. And that we can gain a picture, a glimpse of what it means uh, to live a surrendered life, a full life, abundant life. Not, Not after we die, here, now, in this place, in these circumstances, in the brokenness. And I know there are some in this room right now You're having a hard time trusting God with all your heart. Um, Because you you because you cannot see the heart of God for you. And the only way you can trust God with all your heart is to see his heart for you. He is for you. He's not forgotten you. He will never forsake you. He loves you. He's for you. And there are some in this room who are leaning hard, leaning hard on your own understanding. You've done it before. You're going to do it again. You're going to find a way out. And it's going to be you who does it. And yet you're at the end of your rope. This may be the one time you, you, you really don't know if you're going to make it. You realize, smart as you are, and as much experience you have getting out of messes, this, this one's too much. And you've leaned on your own understanding. And now the Lord is telling you, trust me. Trust my word. Trust that my heart is true and my words are true. Do what may not feel right, but do what you know is right. Lean not on your own understanding. Follow me. Follow the way. Follow my ways. Hear my word. And lastly, there may be some of you who, in this room, who um, it's so hard. You know exactly what the Lord wants you to do. You know what he's asking you to surrender. You know what your will is, and it doesn't line up with God's will. And so you are refusing to surrender, submit your will, to take his yoke. Can we just pray that God would give us the faith to surrender that which we hold so tightly 
that is destroying us from the inside out. And like Jesus, say, your will be done, Lord. Not my will, your will. On earth as it is in heaven, your will. So whatever that may be, whoever that may be, whatever the situation, let's take it to the Lord. I'll give you just a couple minutes and then we can respond in song. Let's just take it before the Lord. He's here. He's in this place. He loves you. He hears you.